Hi folks, Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago. So some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website, links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Hooked on Wooden Boats weekly podcast episode number 49. I am your host, Dan Matson, a.k.a. Wooden Boat Dan, and this is the world's first podcast. That's right. Mark it down here, folks. The very first in the world dedicated fully to celebrating the art, craft, history, tradition, and romance of wooden boats. Welcome to the show today, folks. Good to have you. I am sitting at my favorite recording spot, Bayview State Park in Skagit County, Washington State, USA. Looking out over Puget Sound. It's a gorgeous day, about 70 degrees. The sun's out. Watching a little sailboat. Sitting here on my lunch break. Taking a little break from my fighting ghosts accounting job. And life is good. Today's featured segment is Scamp Camp Part 1. And this is going to be an interview with Scott Jones, who is the manager of the boat shop at the Northwest Maritime Center in Port Townsend. I interviewed Scott a couple weeks ago while I was at the Scamp Camp. And so Scott's going to talk about his own history with wooden boats And we're going to talk about the Scamp Camp a little bit and have some fun with it. So stick around for the interview. I think you'll like it. Please connect with me. You can do so via email, dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. You can subscribe to my e-news list by going to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash subscribe. You can leave comments on my website each week that I... Uh, put my podcast out on Thursday sometime. I also write a blog post and show some pictures, and you can put some comments there if you would like. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. That's a mouthful. If you look for Wooden Boat Dan, you'll find me there. And I'd love it if you'd send pictures, stories, uh, tell me about the boat you're working on, the boat you own, the boat you thought about buying, the varnishing that got away from you, whatever it is, I'd love to hear about it. You can also call my voicemail feedback hotline at 424-261-2360. And if you're listening to this podcast from my website, if you subscribe to the RSS feed, you can receive each episode as it's published weekly on Thursdays. And you can do that on my website, click on the RSS button, Or you can go to iTunes store to the podcast section, look for Hooked on Wooden Boats, and click on the subscribe button there. I would appreciate it. Well, I hope you've had a good week in the wooden boat world. My week was good, of course. Uh, With my day job and doing some other stuff, it's hard to find enough time to work on my canoe. But I have been making some progress this past week. Let's see, what have I been doing? I finished putting uh, two coats of West Systems epoxy on the hull of the boat. 
and did a little sanding in between the coats. So I've got two coats on that. And so that's uh, got to be sanded a little bit more before I paint the hole. Now I'm moving inside the boat and sanding inside. Basically the bottom of the inside I've already epoxied and glassed. But the top three panels on each side, I guess it's four panels. Now I'm sanding and uh, have to uh, epoxy those to probably two coats before I get ready to do my varnish. Sanding is one tedious job. In fact, I thought about writing an article entitled How to Sand Your Brains Out with you Without Losing Your Marbles, but I decided not to do that. <laughs> but I have been doing some reading on sanding, and when you're sanding epoxy especially, it's very critical to change your sandpaper very often because the epoxy has a tendency to fill the sandpaper. Once it fills, then you have a tendency to press harder on your electric sander which tends to heat the epoxy up a little bit which makes it come off in your sander and stick even more. I'm one of those guys that has a hard time changing sanding pads frequently because I'm thinking oh geez I just spent another 75 cents now my 12 foot canoe is going to cost five grand instead of three but I, I got to learn to do it. The other thing I do is I take a little, I've got a little wire brush for cleaning sandpaper. Once the paper gets a little bit filled up with epoxy, I kind of tap it and go across it with the brush to remove the white uh, epoxy that's kind of built up on the sandpaper and get a little extra life out of it that way. But anyway, moral of the story is get your stuff sanded properly and change your sandpaper. So anyway, the canoe is coming along today. I went online to Jamestown Distributors, which, by the way, if you go to my website, there's a button on the home page. If you click on Jamestown Distributors and you make an order there, I get paid a small commission. Uh, it's just a way of supporting me for the podcast. And so anyway, I went online to Jamestown and I ordered some Interlux Pre-Coat Primer for the hull and a quart of white paint Interlux Bright Side for the hull. And I ordered my Captain Z-Spar, Captain Spar varnish for the interior. And some Interlux 333 thinner for the paint and the primer. And a couple little brushes and things. So they've got great deals there. I'd love it if you'd support me. And... Um, I'm looking forward to getting my order next week so I can continue to work on my canoe. Well, so last week I started the wooden boat tip of the week, number one last week. This is number two. And basically, number two is to pay for the best quality materials available at the time you build or repair a boat uh, based upon your budget. And if you do that, you'll get a more durable, lower-maintenance vessel. So what that means is, let's just put that in practical terms. So like with this canoe, I built the uh, hull out of a Kumi plywood 1088, but I used the knockoff 1088 instead of the true British standard 1088. And... So the 1088 that I purchased was about half the cost. It would have cost me another $100 to get the real stuff. 
And five years from now, if I get a little crack in the hole because of a void from the knockoff 1088, which it did have a few small voids, I'm going to think, you know, that was really stupid. For 100 bucks more, uh, I would have avoided that crack and future cracks. I guess you have to think of wooden boats as kind of heirlooms in a sense. And at the time you build them, you know, step up to the plate and buy the best quality materials. Another case in point is I went to a local supplier to buy yacht enamel and I brought home some water-based yacht enamel. It's a discontinued product from uh, System 3. And I started doing some research, and I called System 3, and it's like, wait a minute. I, I don't want to use water-based. I don't want to use house paint latex. I've thought about doing that. But my hunch is if I get the Interlux Brightsides polyurethane paint, which I did today, I ordered that, that paint is going to last probably twice as long as a water-based paint. So it's like, why am I trying to cut corners five years from now? I'll look at the boat and go, bummer, I gotta sand this thing all down. Uh, I gotta repair a few dings and I gotta repaint it. And this time I'm gonna use a better paint. So anyway, don't be in the position of down the road thinking, gosh, I wish I'd used a better material, a better varnish, a better paint, a better piece of wood, better piece of plywood. Do it right the first time, spend the money and don't get it in your head that somehow if you build your own boat that it's not going to cost very much. Because folks, it does cost a lot. If you want a cheap boat, like a 12-foot canoe, go buy a plastic one at Walmart or Costco at some place for, what, 269 bucks, and go use it and beat it up, and that's fine. If you want a wooden boat that's going to look classic and traditional, and if you take care of it, it's going to last probably several generations or more, then use the right stuff, take care of it, and figure the cost is part of the deal. You're not going to build it for a cheap price. That's not the point. So that's my tip of the week. And by the way, I read an interesting article by my buddy Brian Toss recently about the virtues of wooden boats and being traditional and kind of why it makes sense to have a wooden boat. It's kind of like a piece of artwork, except that if you buy a master painting, if you bought a da Vinci painting and hung it on your wall, as long as you kept it out of UV rays and protected and all that, you wouldn't have to repaint it or reframe it or all that. Whereas with your wooden vessel, if you do use it, you're going to have to repair and maintain it from time to time. Anyway, uh, I may include a link to that on my web page. So that's it for my wooden boat tip number two. Pay for the best quality materials available at the time you build or repair your boat. You'll get a more durable, lower maintenance product. This week's shout out to new subscribers is to Jack Gray. Jack, thanks for subscribing to my e-news list, Hooked on Wooden Boats. I appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you. And again, if you'd like to subscribe, go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash subscribe. We've got some upcoming events, but I need to update my list. But I know that uh, 
this coming weekend in Tacoma, Washington, is the Maritime uh, Heritage Festival. I think that's what it's called, or just the Maritime Festival, I'm not sure. That's uh, Saturday and Sunday, the 20... I don't know, what's today? Today is the 22nd, 24th, 25th and 26th, Tacoma, Washington, Maritime Festival. And then... Um, September 1st to 4th is the Small Craft Skills Academy by Howard Rice in Port Townsend. The weekend after Labor Day, September 7th, 8th, and 9th is the Port Townsend Wooden Boat Festival, which I'm really looking forward to. This year I'm going to spend the whole three days there. I'll be giving a presentation on Sunday at 1045 in the morning in the discovery room of the Red Building of the Northwest Maritime Center. I'd love it if you'd show up and say hi. If you can make it, that would be awesome. And uh, I'm planning on giving out, raffling out a few of my Hooked on Wooden Boat products, T-shirt, a hat, and a coffee cup. And I might even have some bumper stickers there. So please show up if you can. I'm really looking forward to that event. And actually, the weekend of Labor Day is the Victoria Classic Boat Festival, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And that's about all I've got on my event list for now. So I hope you can make one of those or all those. And if you've got some other events you'd like me to post to my website, just shoot me over an email. We're going to move on now to the interview with Scott Jones. Scott, as I mentioned earlier, is the boat shop manager for the Northwest Maritime Center. He's going to talk about his personal boating stuff and then about the scamp camp that just happened. So take it away, Scott. Okay, it is August 9th, 2012. I am in Port Townsend at the Northwest Maritime Center with Scott Jones. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're sitting out in front of the Northwest Maritime Center uh, during the SCAMP camp. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to talk about you a little bit, Scott, or have you talk about you. Uh, so tell me how you got into wooden boats and oh, when boy. you started boating and all that stuff. Well, to be honest with you, I'm actually not much of a sailor. I'm kind of um, an odd an odd duck in that regards. Okay. Um, I got into boats because, really, I'm a fisherman, and um, I love drift boats. Oh, um, really? You know, it's sailboats and motorboats. You know, power cruise. You know, cruisers are like a drift boat to a, a, a sled on, mm -hmm. on a river drift boats you're going with the river it's quiet it's lovely sailboat you're going with the wind mm -hmm. and um, I grew up in a house with a dad who was a uh, a jack of all trades okay. carpenter yeah, and um, really? so I grew up doing a lot of woodworky things in our in our house was that in so, Washington State yeah I grew up in Olympia okay um, and so you know eventually you know my, my passion for fishing and, and quiet quiet drift boats and um, woodworking just kind of came together and saying to my now wife what if I built boats <laughs> instead of doing what I was doing at the time which was a pretty comfortable job as a as a restaurant manager in a place I'd worked at in Olympia forever oh really and uh, I made a big leap of faith and went to the boat school yeah now what year was that I was what uh, I guess I graduated in 09 okay so 08 09 uh-huh um, not that long ago. When I say it out loud, it doesn't seem like it's all that long ago, but it mm -hmm. feels like it's mm -hmm. been a little while. Mm -hmm. um, so I got out of the boat school. I was uh, in the contemporary program under Bruce Blatchley. Yeah. Um, loved it. Built a Caledonia. All got to do a lot of different cool things, you know, build spars. And 
so in the interior program under Jeff Hammond, and mm-hmm. loved that. And Jeff's a great guy, um, and managed That's fine to, joinery and a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, Cabinetry you know, we did some work um, on, in the forecastle for adventurous um, bunks and uh, cabinets in our galley. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was yeah, that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also built my own little project while I was in the interior bit. Um, I, I, table for my house oh did you <laughs> so nice. really, i love looking at that thing it's so pretty cool what's but, made uh, um macaray and kaya so it's kind of a similar to sapili oh really um but i they had it on special it was you know i was a broke boat school student so the cheapest oh, yeah. thing i could find really that i thought was kind of nice nice and Maybe um yeah uh-huh. and uh you know I, I got out of boat school and said all right well what the heck am i to do you know, yeah, and I I got a phone call. I got a phone call from Case Prince. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. he had had a recommendation. He called the boat school asking for somebody that had experience working with contemporary products. You know, epoxy and plywood, and to yeah. build a boat with a gentleman. Uh-huh. This gentleman from over the over the sound wanted to build a dinghy. Uh, he didn't. He knew he didn't have the skills to himself <clears throat> to do it, but he wanted to be involved in doing it. And so I got hired to build a dinghy with the guy. Really? And I uh, had a great time building a boat with Ken. Uh, so you, you got hired personally by this guy, kind of. Well, it was through the, it was through the, the place at the time was working a little bit differently, um, mm-hmm. and we've gone away from that. Um, okay. You know, we were kind of a commodity. The people that were hired in there, um, oh. it, you know, to not talk about the you know the nuts and bolts of how that all worked. Um, get hired out for projects kind yeah of thing, and yeah. so I worked with that guy and was paid by the Maritime Center to do that and he paid for that you know that service um, we've gone away from that a bit you know in that we're not really a for hire shop mm-hmm. um, we do a lot of things like right now a scamp camp mm-hmm. which right. is amazing <laughs> yeah yeah and um and so then I did that, and uh, so that just built a dinghy with Ken. Built a dinghy with Ken, and Case was impressed with my work. He had a project that had been on hold for a little while. It was Townsend Turns, twenty-three foot. You may have, or may or may not have seen it. it's here in town. Twenty-three foot, um, trailerable uh, weekend kind of cruiser. Um, Whose design is that? Case Prince. Oh, also, it is. this was the first oh. of. Um, it was written up a, a time or two. Okay. Uh, real cool boat. Mm-hmm. Um, very pretty. Mm-hmm. So you built that? Worked on that for nearly a year. <clears throat> really? Um, and then I managed to stay employed <laughs> here at the shop. At whereas, the yeah, shop. and yeah. Uh, just kind of rolled from one project into another into another. And we've got a bunch of boats that we maintain over the over the winter, and I got to do that throughout. So I've, I've been here since I graduated. Nice. Um, and, yeah, it has been really nice. So and it's then a full-time paying job. It is a full-time paying job. Nice. Knocking yeah. on wood. Knock on wood, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, how young were you when you really got interested in woodworking and boats and stuff? Well, woodworking, I'd say I was probably, you know, from birth. Um, yeah, really. But, but in, in earnest, um, it, I wouldn't even say when is when I went to boat school. You know, I did several things on my own prior to going there. Yeah. Uh, you know, my 20s, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 35, yeah. 35 currently, so, yeah, yeah. Better part of a decade and a half. Okay. Now, have you built a drift boat? No. For your fishing <laughs> adventures? I've built plenty of uh, scale models of oh, them. Oh, really? As, you, know, you, you know, you get the plans and you look at it and you <clears throat> draft it out and then build some, build some like that. And so, mm-hmm. really, I'm... Um, uh, there's a great book about drift boats, uh, Drift Boats and River Dories by Roger Fletcher, okay. which is kind of the, um, at least my little Bible uh-huh. on drift boats. Yeah. Um, and so I've gone back and forth at the bottom quite a lot. 
I've also gone back and forth actually quite a lot about the manner in which I would build one. Um, either traditionally framed boat and look very uh, traditional mm-hmm. or, or a more modern mm-hmm. plywood and, and big and fillets and, and, and epoxies. Yeah. And um, my thinking is that, you know, if somebody's build it, buying a wooden drift boat, I don't think you want one that looks like a fiberglass boat. Yeah. You right. probably are, th- you want a, a wooden boat because you want that, that boat. wooden boat. You want a framed boat. And so, yeah. Yeah. if I were, if I were build one. Is there and one I don't in your know. future, you think? <laughs> I've been thinking there is for a long time. But, yeah. You know, yeah. thankfully work keeps getting in the way of that. Um, <laughs> so, do you get out fishing? Oh, yeah, as often as I can. Okay. Yeah. What kind of fishing are you doing? I like to fish rivers for steelhead. Okay. Um, salmon, steelhead. Yeah. yeah. Head right. east of the mountains for some trout and lakes and rivers. Mm-hmm. But Very cool. So you've been a, here at the Maritime Center since 2009. Yes. And so this is the first scamp camp. Yeah. And so for our listeners that don't know, a scamp is an 11-foot, 11-inch pocket cruiser or micro-cruising mm-hmm. sailboat, lug mm-hmm. rig. So tell us a little bit about the boat and tell us about the camp. Uh, the camp, Scott. Yeah. So scamp, um, I got to. I was uh, in the shop when um, Josh Colvin from Smallcraft Advisor contacted Case, who ran the shop at the time, about building the prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was involved from you know relatively ground floor and building that first in the first boat the one like we see three, right here three years ago I can't even keep ago? track of how long it was I think it's around two years ago yeah, yeah. and okay. so I built the first one along with my co-worker at the time Sarah Rudolph yeah um, who's a graduate from Iris and um, not only is it 11 feet 11 inches but it's 5 foot 4 in beam um, it's a beamy little boat it's almost but half. it goes you know it um, I haven't <laughs> I haven't sailed it oh really um, or been in it underway um, yeah but it, I'm told it goes quite well. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun building that boat. You know, it's the first stuff, and that's exciting. And Wellsford, and John Wellsford's in it. He's just a great guy. Um, he's the designer. He's the designer of the boat, yeah. and so I've gotten to work. I'm, now I'm working with him at Scamp Camp. You know, the, the Pete Leanhouse from the Northwest School of Wooden Boat Building knows John. And last boat festival, they thought, boy, we could do a Scamp class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had some talks from there, and all of a sudden, kind of, you know, usually these classes you're advertising for a good long time, you know, a year or so. Mm -hmm. This was a few months. You know, we decided, let's do it. John bought, or Pete bought tickets for for John to come up here from New Zealand. He got me to commit to being not only, you know, an instructor, but also committed to shop space um, for it. And lo and behold, we were nervous. As yeah. to whether we'd fill a class or even right. get anybody, we try. We, as the Maritime Center mm-hmm. alone, um, put out an effort to do something like this before, um, and we ended up getting one person mm-hmm. in, and it's Dan Dan Fee or Dan Fi. I always forget which way he pronounces his last name. And he built hole number six in the shop with Case and Simeon and um, Simeon Baldwin, who wrote the manual for the scamp. Oh, Simeon um, wrote the manual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a manual too! It's really nice. Really? Yeah, it's it's we're you know we're helping troubleshoot some 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 issues right now. But yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's really thorough. Got a lot of good pictures, a lot of good tips. Yeah, it's a really good manual. Anyway, um, so you know we built one, but the between the power of of Josh at Smallcraft Advisor, the the boat school with their thirty years 
31 years now mm -hmm. of proving they can do this, instructing mm -hmm. people on how to build boats. Yeah. The Maritime Center, having built the first one, um, and John Wellsford committing to coming up, mm -hmm. and Howard Rice committing mm -hmm. to come be a part of it. It was just this big... Um, all the, the, the dominoes just fell right in place, and all of a sudden people just started signing up. And we've got 10 boats getting built in here, and, and three or four extra guys who are going to be building a home, you know, learning how to do it in our shop. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so most of the students are building their own boat. Mm -hmm. own boat. Some of the students are here to learn how to build one. Yeah, there's a gentleman from Colorado who wasn't sure whether it's the boat for Colorado or not. Um, yeah. Interestingly, Josh says that there's the highest concentration of scamps in Colorado. Oh, um, really? Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not sure why. But... Um, yeah, there are a few. There's a gentleman here in town. Uh, boy, I might be. Yeah, there are a few guys that are by a guy from Mississippi mm -hmm. who's uh, debating whether to build his own scamp or not. And I think he's going to. And he's really debating whether he's going to build from plans or if he's going to build from a kit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's is the process more important or is is the boat um, you know getting a functional boat you know yeah. more important? You know, if the process is more important to you the enjoyment of the process then build from plans mm -hmm. because then mm -hmm. it's all you mm -hmm. a little more head scratching versus building buying the kit the kit's pretty amazing it really is it's yeah i don't it's, seems, it's i mean it's like a puzzle all yeah the, there's a lot of pieces to and it. what i think is so neat about the kit is that um you know usually a kit for those <laughs> looking at my hands as i'm putting them in front of the microphone you've got a butt joint at the planks mm -hmm. that you stitch and then you fill with mm -hmm. glue and you tape yeah. over it right um this gets all of that also. You're epoxying and you're taping over the garboard to the bottom and several other joints. But it's a true glued lap ply. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the laps. It's a lap it's, it's a It's a lap straight boat. And yeah. you actually have a bevel pre-cut mm -hmm. into the planks. And they fit just like that. It's yeah, amazing. That's what I've heard. Just... Assuming you get everything else put together properly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. It's pretty... The work that... That Case and Brandon up at Turnpoint Designs did to um, John. John and Josh didn't necessarily have a kit mm. in mind when John drew the boat. Yeah. Josh had in mind a t a, a, the smallest boat that John could could draw up that would fit these requirements: mm -hmm. trailerable, built buildable at home, stable. You know, all these things that fit with that small craft advisor kind of um, idea of what a small craft yeah. can be. And um, we looked at that and said, boy, that's really small. <laughs> it's, you know, you put a six-foot guy in there, and, yeah. um, you know, we'd mocked it up. and it, it looked comical almost, you know. Yeah. And so Brandon and, and Case, you know, got it. Um, I'm going to try saying you know, maybe three times less over the next minute. <laughs> um, digitized it and um, approached John Wellsford about... Uh, how he'd feel about it getting stretched um, just under 12 feet of, I think it was a 15% straight scale up mm -hmm. all, all aspects of the boat oh I see um, yeah because I think originally it was maybe 10.9 it was 10.4 10.4 10 foot 4 total yeah. and um, John took a look at the numbers and he actually he's told us that he wanted it to be longer actually mm -hmm. but Josh's wish was as small as you can go yeah and so John actually wanted to, to draw a boat that was a little longer. Um, <clears throat> and so he got he, he took the suggestions from Case, redrew it, took a look at how all, all of his numbers then correlate. And, and he's like, it's a better boat. 
I'd, please do, you know. And then, you know, they turned it into a kit, and it's pretty amazing. Wow. And so now, you know, what, we're a year and a half or two years afterwards, and we've got 10 being built. Josh has sold, I think, 140 plans. Has he really? Yeah. How many kits have been sold, do you know? No, I don't know that. Simeon would know that number for sure. He's Maybe pretty in tune. It's Yeah, it's it's well over a couple dozen from yeah. what I gather. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for somebody that's listening that might have an interest in a scamp camp in the future, do you know what the plans are coming down the road? Well, there's there's different things, so. the, the different things that you probably have heard. For sure, um, Pete and the boat school have locked in um, the, the, the same two weeks um, in August of next year. Basically in the our boat two shop. weeks of August. Yeah, August. I think it's like next year it's the 5th through something okay you know? um, so there's going to be a camp then for sure for sure and the <clears throat> behind the scenes under the radar that may be happening is um, more like a march so a late spring and then a late summer so there may be class two there year. may be two yeah and the one for certain is the one in august um, okay they've okay. they've already booked it with us they've um got Flyers being made up. They've got people signing up already. We actually, um, we had to turn a a person away for this class. Space was just oh really? It was there was. It's better to have demand, right? Yeah. Is that is that that's I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that in marketing somewhere (laughs) along the line. It's better to have too many people wanting to to your product. Right. Um, Unfortunately, we just didn't have the space. We've got. As it is, Simeon kind of tucked into a corner. Yeah. Building his so own. So ten boats in there being built. Ten, ten boats. Plus the other things, you know, we've got a little white hall being built in the shop. Yeah. Um, that's taking up, you know, what could have been two boats, two mm-hmm. scamps. Um, mm-hmm. We've got David Jones building a, a um, what does he, an Unamara, an Enoid design boat, um, uh-huh. 20-foot boat in there. Yeah. So we've got it as empty as can be. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, there's, yeah, we're jam-packed. So it's a two-week class, mm-hmm. and what is the tuition cost? Uh, the tuition for this year, I think, was uh, like nine ninety-five. Nine ninety-five. I'm pretty sure. And the, Pete at the school numbers, would, yeah, I can't hold you to anything. Yeah. And then how about the kit? What does the kit cost? They made a, a, a great deal on the kit, and the kit is the plywood only. The kit includes the cut plywood um, for this year, being the first of. The consumable bits, the epoxy, the gloves, the this, the that's, um, that's going to be tallied up afterwards, and that will yeah. be an additional cost split up amongst everybody. Yeah. But the plywood kit, um, I think, was like eighteen fifty. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Thousand eight hundred fifty bucks. So that would and not include like spars, sails, nope. obviously rudder, S- rudder, centerboard, yeah, hardware, but basically for the hull and deck exactly. and the interior parts mm-hmm. and everything. So at the end of the class, they'll have the basic hull together and pretty much complete. They'll have the whole together. Um, we're actually, you know, I set a pretty ambitious schedule. Um, we're, based on what I had scheduled, we're a day behind. Oh. But I also padded the schedule in that I didn't I didn't require us to work on the weekends. Oh, um, okay. And I know several of the guys are intending to. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So, but we'll be hanging a garbage tomorrow. Really? I, I, I hoped to be hanging the garbage today. Yeah. Um, How many plank boat is this? Three plank. plank? Yeah. yeah. They're big The garbage's pretty big. Yeah. Like 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say, you know, at the widest, it's somewhere... 13 to 18, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a metric boat, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, oh, that's you know, right. It's, it's something else. All metric. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the other day, I tape and yeah. Much the other day, one of the, the one of the guys for the class is from Germany, and uh, right. so he's well, used to the met- metric. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I don't remember why, but um, 
I said, so this one, this piece is um, one and a half. I, I mix metric and, and um, <laughs> knowingly, I said, this, so this, the, the, the centerboard trunk log is it's one and a half by 50. <laughs> and they're like, one and, a half, one and a half inches by 50 mils uh, wide. <laughs> that makes no sense. It did make no sense. But uh, uh, we all got it together. But, so it is all metric, though, sizes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is actually simpler if you use metric. If you have, yeah, and, if you have the tools, equipment. Yeah. yeah, it just takes a few days to get your head wrapped around. <laughs> uh-huh. Isn't that funny? Yeah, we're so used to eights and sixteenths yeah. and all that. Stuff. It's like, go easy on yourself. Just go metric, and just, well, you're. It is. It's a matter of perspective. You know, I, I grew up with, yeah. you know, standards. So that's 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 what makes sense. It's tougher got, to convert back. You have students here from all over the U.S. And we do. One guy from Germany. One right? guy from Germany. We've got a guy from B.C. So we're yeah. two countries. Two countries. Three, three, three countries, countries outside. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. BC, there's a guy from B.C. There's a guy, Cliff, from Germany. There's a guy from Mass- Mississippi. There's a guy from Boulder, Idaho. A couple from Portland. Yeah. Um, you know, and a handful of guys. There's two from, three from here in town. You know, really, one from Marrowstone, two from in town. Yeah, um, yeah really. Uh, you know, it's truly international. That's cool. Uh, we've done other classes here in the shop, and and it in similar. You know, we do classes with Chesapeake Lightcraft. We do mm-hmm. classes mm-hmm. with Pygmy. We've done a yeah. class with uh, Stitch and Glue, not Stitch and Glue, excuse me, but Skin on Frame. Yeah, the guy from uh, Corey Friedman. No, um, Corey. We did. We've we've worked on getting some together with Corey, but he's a busy guy. Yeah, um, right. No, um, Cape Falcon Kayak. Oh, no, from down, down California. in Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, okay. Oregon yeah, Coast. Yeah, just in their website. He's the man, and Brian Schultz, he's a dynamo. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's, yeah, he teaches a great class. The one thing that I'll say about all these different stitch and glue classes that we do, you're leaving with a boat that's mostly done. There's still a lot of work to be done afterwards, you yeah. know, whether it's finish or with, with Scamp. We're going to get somewhere. There's yeah. a lot of boat to do in a kit class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I anticipate we're going to get the cabin top and cabin sides, but the deck may not be on. And for sure, we want them to leave with the the cabin or the the uh, cockpit seats and the sole not down because there's going to be coating to be done still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing inside. with the uh, the skin on frame class, their boat's done, including really? including a paddle, and they got out here and did an hour worth of on the water training in their own boat. It was amazing. It took, it's, it's, if there's a way we can figure out how to get, I mean, we do have Scamp 1 here, and Howard's going to be taking guys out in it. So in some regard, we're fulfilling that sort of on the water um, training. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, yeah, the the Skin on Frame class was the only one we've done so far. And he and I were talking about doing another next next winter, and possibly even an Adirondack guideboat um, Skin on Frame. When did you do that class? The yeah, it was this uh, February. Really? Right, I think it was over Valentine's Day. Did you have a full class? Yeah, we did. Yeah, nice. we had a guy from Sydney, Australia. Wow. We had a guy from Alaska. We had a guy from New York. A guy from Chicago. Hmm. Um, and it's not always guys. That, it seems like all I keep saying is guy, you know. But it is predominantly me, you know men that end up in They're these classes. This. I don't yeah. know if it's if we are, are maybe a cheap marketing. Scott, you're just you know, women <laughs> just don't want to come. No, <laughs> I could be. My no, wife maybe put up uh, students down at the boat school. Oh yeah, always. Met some women that have graduated. Yes. Mm-hmm. It just seems like so far in these in the classes we've had in the shop, um, we've been drawing drawing men more yeah. than women. Yeah. Um, okay. So if somebody's interested, uh, would they call the Maritime Center in a future class or a scamp? What would they do? No, actually, all of the classes that we've been doing since we 
You know, this one's this one's a little special in that I'm, I, as the boat shop manager, am teaching, mm. um, and Jason Bledsoe, um, <clears throat> my right hand in the shop, he's teaching. Um, that's not the norm. Uh, normally, uh, John Lockwood from Pygmy and, yeah. and his right hand, Seth, mm-hmm. they come over. And they're essentially renting space from me. I provide space. Oh, I see. And, and yeah. they teach class. Or John Harris from Chesapeake Lightcraft. Yeah. He teaches class. Mm-hmm. And so all registration is done through those other groups. Um, mm-hmm. and, okay. Um, so so to it would register be, for this class, it would be the boat the school? The boat school, yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you happen and to know what their phone number is offhand? 360-385-4948. Okay. So if anybody listening is interested in a scamp camp, then call that number. Yeah, give them a call, talk to Katie, talk to Pete, talk to um, Linda, all great people at the boat school. I'm a a big proponent of that place, and it's not just because I went there. It's a bunch of good people doing good things. Cool, very good. Okay, Scott, any parting comments for our listeners today? Anything else you want to add? Well, I'm also a big proponent of the Maritime Center. We do a lot of good things here, and it's not just these classes, you know. We get a lot of people on the water learning to sail, mm-hmm. um, whether it's kids as young as five up through adults. Um, we do a lot more. You know, we're kind of here in the shop. We're kind of the face that everybody sees. Mm-hmm. But um, we do a lot more than that and uh, a lot more than I'm talking about right now. Anyway, good organizations, good people coming together for this scamp camp. Um, and, and, and other things. What's a web address for the Maritime Center? Uh, it's uh, nwmaritime.org. Okay. Uh, got a nice, okay. We've got a nice, um, nice website. We've got a good couple of Facebook pages for the Wooden Boat Foundation. So the Maritime Center is kind of the campus. We're Where the building. We're the... We're the and the Wooden Boat Foundation, who really is who puts on the boat festival coming mm-hmm. up, which... Yeah, put that on your calendar if yeah. you haven't already. I have. Good luck finding um, a place to stay if you want to stay in town. It's probably booked. But uh, what's Fort 7th, 8th, 9th of, yeah, uh, 7th, 8th of September? 9th. Yeah. Amazing festival. 36th, I think, for for mm-hmm. this festival. 36th, right. So the Wooden Boat Foundation, you know, they're kind of the soul. Yeah. You know, they've been doing this for years and years and years, and we're these two organizations together. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a presentation for the first time. Oh, are you? Yeah. Can you hooked speak? on a wooden boat's presentation Sunday morning at nine forty-five? Right on in the red building here yeah. somewhere. So great. How's it been de- um, working with um, Carrie and Barb, who took over? Oh, from it's Casey? been great. Yeah. yeah, I've been working with Barb and Luna. Mm-hmm. I haven't met them, but yeah. they've been awesome via yeah. email. So they're yeah they they're just all over it. You know, Casey did an amazing job for a long time. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of that was just who the the a lot of how it worked was because she was just she's plugged in you yeah know, she knew a lot of people right. and she had a system she had it all done you know down really well it was 10 years so i think that she did that mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know barb and carrie step in and try to fill kind of uh, pretty big shoes big shoes yeah. to fill but right. they're man I think they're, they're knocking it out of the job. park. Yeah, I guess we'll find so. out. Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, symposium went off. Their spring symposium went off well this year, <laughs> and um, I can't imagine this is going to be anything different at the festival. Right. Good. Well, thanks so for right. your time today, Scott. I'll yeah, let you get back welcome. to the class. Dan, take good meeting you. Man. All yeah. right. You take care. Thanks, Scott, for doing that interview. It was really fun to come over to the Scamp Camp and watch you guys building 10 scamps. I've definitely got scamp fever and maybe in for the March or August course next year if I get some dough saved up. So anyway, thanks again, Scott. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you around at the festival and so on. 
Next week is Scamp Camp Part 2. I will have a couple more interviews that I did at the Scamp Camp. One with John Wellsford, who actually designed the Scamp. And another one with Cliff Sell, who was a participant in the Camp, built a Scamp for himself. He's from Germany. So please tune in next week. I think you're going to love it. Well, if you'd like to support me, you can make purchases through my website on Amazon, and I get paid a small commission. The way you would do that is go to my resources page, click on any Amazon product. When you get to Amazon then, after clicking that link, anything you purchase, I get paid uh, 4% commission, so it's a little bit. It helps. I would appreciate that. As I mentioned earlier, you can click on my website on Jamestown Distributors icon, and I get paid a little bit for that. If you love the show or like the show or hate the show, if you hate the show, you're probably not listening at this point, but (laughs) if you love the show, go to iTunes, to the store, and look up Hooked on Wooden Boats, and please give me a five-star review. Uh, Last time I checked, we had about 19 reviews. And you can also find me on Stitcher Radio. Also, I have a store now online where you can buy Hooked on Wooden Boat products. If you go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash store, you can buy t-shirts, flip-flops, phone cases, coffee mugs, water bottles, that sort of thing that have the Hooked on Wooden Boats graphic. I get paid just a little bit to do that or when you do that, so I'd love it if you could support me that way. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Just for the record, I think since I started this podcast, I haven't actually gotten paid for any of these uh, affiliate links yet, but I think I have a payment of $50 or $75 coming soon, so I'm not getting rich off of this, (laughs) but I'm not planning on getting rich, but uh, anyway, I don't. Uh, want folks out there to think that oh please support me I'm asking for money I'm making millions of dollars and I'm going to go buy a Rolls Royce just trying to cover the cost of fuel and a couple things where I go out and do interviews and stuff like that well I guess that's it for this week I hope you get out on your wooden boat and if you don't quite have it done get out in the shop and work on it and if you haven't started it go get the plans or the kit to build it and if you haven't got that far then get on the phone with somebody and get a buddy and build a boat together. Get something going, okay, because wooden boats are really fun. Traditional, romantic, artistic, uh, handcrafted, one at a time. They're really cool. I think you'd love it if you built one, so go out and do it. Keep the bright side up and the barnacled side down. This is Wooden Boat Dan, over and out. Have a great week. We'll talk again next week.